listening to the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. I'm your host, L.M. Fisher, musician, producer, and creator. This episode features Zoe Berman, a musician who defies genre and a Sonic Guild Colorado grant recipient. I spoke with Zoe via Zoom in the morning for me and in the evening for her in Spain after a disco nature hike and performance. Classic Zoe Berman. We discussed how being abroad has had an impact on her upcoming music, the beginnings of the Sonic Guild Colorado chapter, the process of writing songs, and so much more. This is the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast with Zoe Berman. Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. I am here today virtually with Zoe Berman. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. You are calling in from Spain. Tell me a little bit about your journey out of the States and what that experience has been like for you. Yeah, it's been a really incredible experience. Um, I, it was kind of an unexpected turn for me coming here. Um, I guess just it, it was sort of an opportunity that arose and I was interested in pursuing graduate studies and sort of furthering my career with music and learning as much as I possibly could. And that opportunity happened to to be in Valencia, Spain. So I feel really grateful to be here and I've been absorbing everything I possibly can. And uh, it's it's been very interesting being around music minded folks from sort of all over the world. And yeah, it's been quite an experience. I'm, I'm studying in a business program at Berkeley College of Music here in Valencia. So it's definitely been a cool wow. opportunity. That sounds amazing. What's been the, the biggest culture shock transition and what have you loved that's been different? Uh, so many things. I mean, on both sides, really, like I've it took there was a there was kind of a long adjustment period when I first got here. I knew some Spanish from school, you know, learning some in high school and college and practicing on my Duolingo before I got out here. But I think the the language barrier was a, a significant challenge for the first few months. And it's sort of um, been been getting easier as time goes on. Um, but yeah, culturally as well, I think um, just learning to to breathe and take a minute and I, the Spanish culture is a lot more laid back and less workaholic than the American one. So it's been um, taking time for the siesta and <laughs> just learning, learning to um, not be uh, so urgent about things. I think we're used to a sort of level of immediacy uh, with our bureaucracy and the way that things sort of flow and function in the U.S. That does not exist here, but um that can actually be really sweet. So yeah, it's been, it's been cool. How has that influenced any music that you've been making while you've been there? Um, I think, well, I guess in terms of Spain itself um, has been, has had some influence on my songwriting, just sort of the, the musical influences around me. Um, I think I've been very heavily influenced in my more recent songwriting by my peers at Berkeley and just sort of being surrounded by musicians a lot of the time and um, trying to sort of grow and learn and expand my musical vocabulary in different ways. Um, but I guess in the beginning of, of the year when I first got here, it was, I was writing, you know, sort of more somber music that fit with the the tone of, of the adjustment period. And, and I think now I'm that it's it's that's less prevalent in my musical themes. So 
it's been a mixed bag, but yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your musical journey, where you started, how you've evolved to now graduate studies across the world. What was that journey like? Uh, yeah, so I've been playing music for a long time. I I picked up a few, I, I guess I started taking piano lessons as a young kid. Um, and then I went as a freshman in high school to a, a magnet school for classical piano. Um, but I was starting experimenting with songwriting and didn't feel like I jived with the sort of culture surrounding classical music. So I ended up beginning jazz lessons with a teacher from that school. Um, and he was really influential to me in terms of just experimenting with songwriting and improvisation. And he he got me playing gigs locally in, in, in surrounding areas um, and learning sort of how the booking process looked. And um, yeah, so I that that really kind of catapulted my musical journey as a teenager. Um, and then I and I also sort of started teaching myself guitar during high school um, and I've sort of gradually picked up pieces of that over time. Um, but songwriting is, yeah, has been a really influential part of my life for for many years since I was a preteen. And it's just been sort of my my way of of externalizing my internal experience of the world. And um, and it, I think that's that's been kind of a theme throughout. Um, but I sort of I've always sort of flirted with music as this side hobby and had various levels of involvement with music throughout school, throughout throughout college. I was in a, an acapella group and a found object percussion group and a few bands and and then after school, I moved out to Colorado, and I think just by sort of settling into such a music-driven community, at first up in Fort Collins and then ultimately in Denver, I just, it became more of a driving force in my life, and I think it's, I've gotten to this point with it where it's, it's got a much stronger grip on me to the point that I'm, I've moved across the world to pursue it and to, to learn as much as I possibly can, so I guess it's, um it's been a mixed journey with, with how much prevalence I sort of give it in my life. Um, there was a year when I was living in Colorado where I pursued it on a more full-time basis and was performing a lot, but yeah, it's kind of been a, a back and forth journey. <laughs> what has been some of the differences you've noticed in your process of kind of turning pro? What changes from giving it more attention or do you have systems in place that you follow? I guess I kind of feel like I, I'm able to give it more attention when I'm not doing it full-time at the moment because and I think that that's that's just speaks to the way that I was pursuing it. I think being sort of a full-time gigging musician is not the same as I guess going pro or really giving it that shot. Um, I felt during that time, I felt kind of like I was, I was questioning it a lot and not sure if I was doing the right thing and just constantly piecing gigs together so that I, you know, cause it was my primary source of income. And I feel like having, uh, in my experience, when I was living in Colorado, having a sort of supporting day job allowed me to be more selective and intentional with the kinds of spaces in which I was making music and sharing music. So, um, I've actually preferred that. Um, but I think that was just because it wasn't, it was just a matter of timing and the way that I was approaching it. Yeah, absolutely. How did you get involved with Sonic Guild and what was that experience like? What, how did that change your trajectory? Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, I think, so I learned about, about Sonic Guild when it was previously Blackfret. Um, the initial team when, as they were entering Colorado, they were, they had pulled together a focus group at Meow Wolf. 
um, and just to, to discuss sort of the uh, the strengths and shortcomings of the Colorado music scene and, and sort of what needs were were not being fulfilled. Um, and I was just lucky enough to be included in this sort of meeting of of minds. And um, honestly, I I was like fangirling in that room. Of, it was just full of so many talented local musicians that I really admire and respect. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to, to Kyle James Hauser for including me in that. <laughs> but I guess through that, I met uh, Danny Grant and Liz Luke and some other folks involved in the organization and they're just so kind and genuine and that you know one thing led to another and um, yeah I, I honestly I, I'm i not entirely sure how I was ended up being the, the recipient of one of the, the grants. Um, I don't take it lightly and I, I'm really really grateful for that opportunity um, but yeah, I guess just sort of kind of finding that connection, um, with some of those individuals that were involved in the organization, um, and sort of sharing, sharing conversations and, and, uh, spaces with them. Um, yeah, I think maybe it made, made a difference in that, but, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been, um, I guess it affected me in a few different ways. It, went directly towards recording costs for a forthcoming EP that I'm in the process of working on. Um, and it uh, it also just kind of meant the world to me to be considered in that way with such a stunning group of local musicians. Um, and sort of every now and then, because this, this industry can be quite grueling, it's just to have sort of that tangible reminder that, oh, I'm doing the right thing with my with my efforts and this is the path I meant to be on. People want to hear my music and I'm, I'm being financially incentivized to continue making it. So yeah, it was definitely, definitely very appreciated. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, yeah, it's amazing how far that support goes as artists yeah. really just being like, should I keep doing this? Like, is it worth my time and effort? And, you know, you find, I don't know about you, but I often find myself being like, man, if I could, if I could do anything else, you know, it would be so much easier. Absolutely. There's something about it that you just, you can't. So it's awesome. I'm so excited and congratulations. And mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear your EP. That sounds amazing. What's that process been like? Where are you at stage-wise? Yeah, we finished tracking uh, for the most part before I left for Spain, um, with the exception of a few odds and ends. Um, it's been a little... I guess difficult pushing things forward remotely, um, but I'm hoping to to get some of the lingering details sort of hashed out in the next few months, and 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 hope to get that concluded. So we do, I, I spent a lot of my remaining my last few days in in Denver just just in the in the studio working working through things. So yeah, hopefully that will will culminate in in a cool project. And I'm excited because I I felt like my sort of initial EP release um, it was it was this sort of long-term labor of love. And by the time the release happened, I didn't feel as attached to the songs really, because it had been so long since I'd written them. And um, so it's nice to be able to, to get some recording projects going that feel more sort of directly, immediately relevant um, and sort of share that, that I, I think I've shifted a little bit in the type of music that I'm making. So to be able to share that will be really exciting. That's incredible. Yeah, that's something you never really think about. Like you was uh, sitting on songs and uh, stacking things up and suddenly it's it's not relevant to where you're at in the moment. How has the music for you evolved? Is it your songwriting? Is it 
themes you're exploring as a person? Yeah, I think my approach to songwriting has been fairly consistent for the last several years in that I often write songs when I'm in sort of introspective, introverted, solitary spaces um, and often in motion. Like I, I tend to write a lot of lyrics on hikes, on walks, on, you know, sometimes while driving. Wouldn't recommend, but it happens. <laughs> um, or otherwise in motion. I don't know why that's when things come pouring out of me, but I guess that's the way that my body processes emotion. Um, and I often find the, maybe the, you know, a verse or a chorus. Then when I get home later that day, I, I will sit down at whichever instrument feels right for the feel of that song and, and kind of hash out the rest of it. I find that if I don't, um, if I don't really finish it within one or two sit, uh, sittings, it kind of just goes into the bin and and that's okay. I, I kind of appreciate that about songwriting and knowing that not everything has to be this grand opus. Sometimes um, things are just, songs are just stops along the way to kind of arrive at something more exciting. But if I do finish it within one or two sittings, I will really get excited about it and continue playing it until it feels really, really solidified. So that's kind of remained my process. Um, I guess, um, yeah, I guess how has it changed? you ask how it changed being out here or? Oh, yeah. Or as you've gotten older or had different experiences, do you find yourself writing about different themes or yeah. using different words? What's that explorative process like for you? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like as I get older, my a lot of things shift. I mean, the themes that I like to explore, that's definitely that's definitely shifted over time. The sort of musical vocabulary that I have to work with shifts as I learn more I feel like I'm always I, I feel like I'm just kind of a lifelong learner and especially with instruments like there's just I still get sort of giddily excited discovering new elements of the guitar and different vocal techniques and yeah so I think just being really playful and experimental and and finding new sounds um and I think lately I've just been listening to a sort of a wider array of genres and I think that's been affecting my songwriting as well um, not really pigeonholing myself into one sort of genre or type of type of songwriting. Yeah, I think listening to your music, that's something that really stands out is that it's it's not one thing. And that's what makes it so interesting for me to listen to, I think, is it's every song is something different. Every, you know, there's changes throughout. How do you approach, I guess, marketing yourself as somebody who's not necessarily like a jazz singer or a pop you know pop singer like is that difficult what what are you doing that's working and what's challenging <laughs> good question give me your secrets because I'm I'm the same way I'm like <laughs> I don't I don't want to be in a box you know and it's it's hard if it, that's what what is sellable is like the the brand yeah that's that is a constant struggle honestly I um because it's, I think it's so tricky. It's so, I feel like we're constantly encouraged to compare ourselves to other artists and describe our sound or our genre or classification or whatever, uh, using other artists as the <laughs> the sort of um, point of comparison, which, yeah, yeah and, and I don't, I, I mean, within five minutes of hearing me perform, 99% of people say, oh, you sound like Nora Jones. Like, I get that every single time. I'm like, Okay, that's not insulting. I love Nora Jones. Yeah, not a bad one to be compared not to. At all, not at all. You're Zoe Berman. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's, I don't know if I would liken my music style to her. So I guess just finding the sort of vernacular to describe the music itself when it is kind of shape shifting and it is different depending on the song. And 
I, yeah, I guess I don't really have a, a good answer to that. Um, as a fellow musical chameleon, I feel like <laughs> I don't, I'm still sort of pinpointing how to, how to do that. But I think if you just stay authentic to the type of music you want to make, um, if anything, you're just offering listeners a, a little, you know, array of, of possibilities so that you can appeal to, appeal to the, a wider audience, theoretically. Yes. <laughs> Something yes, I love everyone. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What has been your biggest struggle with music and what has been your biggest triumph so far? Oh gosh. Um, let's see. I think my biggest struggle, I mean, Overall, it's always kind of a constant battle just to stay motivated and not get caught up in the rat race with trivial things like social media and, you know, just um, just trying to stay focused on on what kind of music I want to make, what I want to do with that, what sort of spaces I want to cultivate for for sharing music um, and, and just kind of staying focused and believing in my craft. Cause it's hard sometimes to be your own champion all the time. Um, and sometimes you kind of need, uh, I, I don't want to say you need that external validation, but I, I just feel like it's, yeah, it's, it's hard if you're, if you're, um, you feel like you're sort of, you're, you're, you have to be your number one fan. And, and especially when you're not someone, if you're someone like me, who's not really self-promotional in nature and gets a little bashful in those kinds of settings, that can be a constant challenge. Just wanting to share my music with a wider audience, but not feeling like empowered to, to be that loud voice in the room who's saying, please go, go stream my EP. <laughs> you know, It's kind of an, an interesting uh, conundrum to, to grapple with, but I guess um, releasing my Freezing Heat EP was also a, a big sort of struggle and triumph for me. It was um, it took a long time to to complete, and there were sort of a lot of of hiccups along the way. Um, I was really proud to finally get it out, and it was definitely like a huge learning experience for me. Um, but I definitely harbor some sort of regrets on on certain parts of that process, certain things I know that I would do differently, and. I think that's just the way with with recording music and putting out art into the world is just nothing's ever finished and and there's always going to you know to be things like that but I guess another big triumph was also the release show that we did at Globe Hall um that was a really special special night and it got pushed back a bunch with covid restrictions or covid spikes um and other sort of obstacles but when it finally happened it was a really special night and I was just so blown away by the the turnout of the audience, by the other performers involved. So that was a that was a big triumph as well. That's incredible. What are some ways that you approach live performance? And you you've toured a little bit. What are some lessons you've learned from the road? <laughs> hmm, let's see. Um I I mean I love live performance. I think that I think live playing live is is like no other feeling, just connecting with people in a in a shared space and not being able to sort of nitpick the way or, or strive for a toxic perfectionism the way that you can with recording um, because all you really have is that particular place in time and you it forces you to really engage with the present moment. So I really love I really love live performances and I think just kind of cultivating a nice mix of sort of preparation and room for spontaneity, changing set lists if the vibe isn't right with the audience that's there and just, being really interactive because I'm, I'm such a weird goofball. So I make a lot of dad jokes and banter a lot and just kind of want to hang out with the audience. And I guess that can be appreciated or not, but 
yeah, just kind of like creating spaces where people feel comfortable to have a shared human experience feels really important to me. Um, and on the road, gosh, I don't know if I have enough road experience to really speak to this, but I think the same the same kind of thing goes just like when you're in a, a new environment with with strangers, remembering that you're just as much of a human as they are and just kind of finding that common ground and sharing that moment. What has the Colorado scene been doing successfully? I know you've you've been away for, for a bit, but <laughs> before you left, was there something that you were like, this is amazing, I'm really loving this? When was there something that you thought, you know, or even in that conversation at Meow Wolf, this really can change and needs to maybe would be a longer process towards changing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think... The Colorado scene is very warm, very welcoming. It, I think Colorado does an amazing job of patronizing local music and live music in general. Um, I think that Coloradoans have this sort of insatiable thirst for live music like no other place. And it's a really wonderful thing to be a part of. Um, and then there are outlets like you know, Indie 1023 and the Colorado Sound that that do bolster li uh, local artists, which is really special and I don't think you find everywhere. Um, I and, and, and events like UMS and Foco MX, things that are, again, like just offering opportunities to showcase local talent. So I think they do a good job sort of in the live space um, with, with, I mean, certain areas of, of room for improvement. But the, I'd really like to just see kind of more uh, infrastructure in place for supporting musicians because there's such... There's so many talented people in Colorado um, and it doesn't it didn't feel like there was enough sort of industry to support that, like more sort of management, more recording uh, opportunities, more and also just more women. I want I'd love to see more women in all musical spaces, not just fronting bands, but uh, more female producers and studio owners and management and talent buyers and everything. So I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and that obviously goes throughout the music industry. It can feel like a very male dominated space, but Colorado, you definitely feel that walking into most musical spaces. <laughs> so I'd love to see that shift a little bit. Any plans for the future to come back? How long are you, are you going to be in Spain? Are you just like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stay in Europe. This is, a, <laughs> a, you can tour a lot of places, maybe a little more easy than <laughs> Um, more. Yeah, I, I think it's right now, everything is very up in the air. Like I, I'm so, so enamored by the Colorado scene. And I would absolutely love to come back. I'm just gonna have to wait and see kind of how a few things pan out after this program and hope that I, I think one of the main sort of things with pursuing this, these graduate studies is, I want whether it's in pursuing my own career as an artist, or, um, or if I if it does come to having another sort of, I, I, I don't want to say day job, but after this, it feels like it wouldn't be as as day jobby of a day job. But I just want my my life to sort of revolve around music twenty four seven, and to feel like um, like I uh, can sort of live a, a music minded sort of lifestyle. And so whether that culminates in needing to find employment in the music industry, and we'll see if that's a possibility in Colorado. Um, I guess that's kind of a big determinant. So we'll see. Everything's pretty up in the air right now. And maybe I'm maybe I'm just too distracted by being very busy with graduate studies, but I'm okay with, with the ambiguity for, for the time being. <laughs> no, it's an exciting place to be. Yeah. Well, the world's your oyster. Oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any advice to artists who are just 
starting out or who are maybe people that are, you know, maybe I should bring my, my notebook of songs to the world. Yes, I would say do it and just be authentic. Don't try to yeah to copy what you what you think is is music people might want to hear just kind of stay in your lane and um and also don't get disheartened by a few no's here and there I think it's it can be quite an an industry of naysaying or you might not get a lot of responses from venues and just kind of keep keep throwing shit at the wall till something sticks so to speak you know just I think um that if you're if you want to share your music I'm sure there's a space um, where others would would like to hear it. And so just kind of not being deterred by a few no's or lack of responses um, and just kind of keep on putting out the the energy you want to receive and 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 remaining that or maintaining that authenticity because people will respond to that and you'll kind of find your your niche. And also, I think just um I think just remembering the sort of the importance of um, of community and of the local scene. Like if you're an emerging musician in Colorado, interact with other emerging musicians in Colorado because it's such a rich, wonderful scene of kind people that will welcome you in. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think there's a, a really sweet sort of collaborative scene of people that are really rooting for each other's success. Great advice. I love that. Always about community. That's It's the scariest part, putting yourself out there, but it's amazing you'll find that there's so many people who are excited to have you and especially here in Colorado I, I feel the same way it's a very welcoming community and we're so happy to have you in the community and we're missing you here in the scene uh, thank you, you so much for your time <laughs> <laughs> and you're amazing it's been amazing talking to you please uh, thank you so much let us know about the EP I'm I'm I have the other songs on repeat so new stuff I'm I mean, you know, I'm I'm a binge listener, binge watcher, so I'm always like, what's coming next? I'm the best and worst worst audience. No, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. I and I I think for me, like I I mean, it was like we were talking about with live spaces. It's so much easier for me to sort of engage with that world. And I I'm so precious and particular about recordings because it feels so permanent. And so it does take me a while, but hopefully it's worth the wait when the music comes. Like I I am working on it. It's coming. <laughs> it's just a, an ongoing process. But yeah, it's it's no, I'm I'm sure it will be. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Well enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, of course. Thank you for making music. It's great to find music that, like I said, defies genre. And I think your songwriting is incredible. And I can't wait to hear, yeah, what the what the new vernacular is gonna <laughs> is gonna be in this next one. It's very neo soul-y. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Into these days. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much for having well, like, me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, of course. Thank you for making the time and enjoy the rest of your your day day hopefully you have no more disco hikes planned uh, you can get some rest yeah the disco hike has concluded for the day now it's just uh <laughs> time to rest back to the week yeah <laughs> thank you so much oh my pleasure We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. Check out the links in our show notes to experience Zoe Berman's music and to become a member of Sonic Guild Colorado.